Aave is a borrowing and lending protocol on Ethereum, and just recently released Aave version 2, which has a ton of cool new features that makes using Aave even more powerful. With Aave, you can leverage the full power of DeFi, Money Legos, Yield, and Composability all in one application. On Aave, there are a ton of assets that you can deposit in order to gain yield, and all of those same assets can also be borrowed from the protocol if you have deposited collateral. Here you can see me getting a 200 USDC loan against my portfolio of a number of different DeFi tokens and ETH. I'll choose a variable interest rate because it's a lower rate than the stable interest rate option, but I could choose the stable interest rate option if I wanted to lock that interest rate in permanently. One of Aave's V2 features is the ability to swap collateral without having to withdraw your assets, trade them on Uniswap, and then deposit them back into Aave. Aave does all of this for you all in one seamless transaction, so you don't have to repay loans in order to change the collateral you have backing them. Check out the power of Aave at Aave.com. That's A-A-V-E.com. Gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange. I've been a customer of Gemini since I first got back into crypto back in 2017, and it has been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells. Gemini is available in all 50 states and over 50 countries worldwide. And on Gemini, there are markets for over 30 various crypto assets, including many of the hot DeFi tokens like Wi-Fi, Aave, Uni, and also they are one of the few exchanges that has liquid die markets. Having both the option of logging into the Gemini.com website or instead opening the Gemini mobile app has allowed me to be able to access any and all exchange and on or off ramp services that I've needed to on a moment's notice. With instant deposits and fast withdrawals, I'm able to make my money do the things I want it to when I want it to. You can buy crypto safely and securely on Gemini with the peace of mind of knowing that your investments are insured and protected with industry-leading cybersecurity. You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash gobankless. And if you trade more than $100 within the first 30 days after signup, you'll be gifted a free $15 bonus. Check them out, gemini.com slash gobankless. All right, Bankless Nation, welcome to another community. Ask me anything. This is your opportunity to ask questions of DeFi founders and interesting projects. We have Yevgeny on from Zerion. Zerion is an interface to all sorts of DeFi protocols. I probably use this tool on a daily basis. It's a great way to view assets across all of your various DeFi wallets and to actually manage transactions. I'd be kind of lost without this tool. Um, this is your opportunity to ask questions of Yevgeny. So if you have a question, go ahead and uh, you know comment in YouTube. David or I will get to it and we'll prioritize it. Um, and, and if you're in the Bankless Discord as well, you can ask a question that way. And that's mainly for the Periscope uh, people. If you are watching this on Twitter, that's fantastic. But if you want to engage with the YouTube comments and get your comments to Yevgeny, you got to go to the YouTube. Yevgeny, you guys. welcome to Bankless. It is great to have you. We are in a crypto bull market, I think, my friend. But you were building this during the bear market, weren't you? What was that like? <laughs> Uh, it was actually way more calmer. And uh, first of all, yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks so much for having me. It's uh, it's great to be on the show. And actually, this is my first live AMA. Uh, so I'm excited for this. Fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, it was uh, during the bear market. I kind of like it because, you know, y- people are not running around and like screaming about the prices. So it's <laughs> it's much easier to build. You just like you, you forget about the price for a long time and you can actually focus on uh, building stuff. Um, and this is like the currency of the bear market is like what you've shipped, shipped versus like how much it's worth. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't mind the, the bull market either, uh, obviously. So um, it's good that we're here. You know, so since this is your first Ask Me Anything, um, I think it, it would be great for the Bankless community to kind of get to know you. So can you tell us a little bit about your crypto journey? How did you end up here? Yeah, sure. sure. So in, in short, I think crypto has been throughout my life, like the, the only big thing in my in my whole life. So um, apart from, of course, like engineering. And so I started as a software engineer myself, like I was studying and like I, I did a few internships uh, here and there. Uh, but then, like, since I discovered crypto, that became my whole thing and, like, the biggest part of my life, in a sense. Um, and specifically, I think Ethereum was the most exciting um, thing among all of, the, all of the crypto things. Simply because when I discovered Bitcoin, it was just, you know, it was great as a concept, uh, but I couldn't see how I can participate apart from just holding it. Uh, and that seemed like a very boring thing to do. So uh, when Ethereum came around, I guess many software engineers felt that so that you can actually start writing things on top of this machine and that is you know groundbreaking concept so this is how i got into it um my co-founders they are also fascinated by the concept so we just got together and and wanted to do something we didn't know like yet what's going to happen but uh, we really wanted to be a part of this journey so it's it's been since like 2015 i think we've been um on this um, and uh, yeah, we never we never stopped since we started. And so, what uh, w- what's the idea behind Zerion? Like, um, you know, did 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 you envision it would become what it is today, or did did it start with a different premise? Why did you decide to to build it? And like, what is it? Yeah. So first of all, of course, like any product is a series of iterations. But I think the core ideas and the core concepts that we had in mind when we built this particular product were there and they're still here um, um, while we were making changes to it. So essentially when we started, we noticed this fragmentation. Like we knew that it's it's not there yet in a sense because like we, we only tried out what Uniswap and Maker and Compound, I think by the time. Uh, but we just realized that it's gonna be a way more things on uh, in, in this DeFi thing. So uh, people will need tools uh, to make sense of it. And uh, looking at the, the number of tokens that are uh, appearing on the blockchain, it's like in thousands uh, um, every single day now, probably. Like it was in thousands a month before. Um, and given number of protocols, you know, just to compare that in 2019, we integrated about five protocols in the whole year. And then in 2020, we integrated over 50. Actually, I lost oh count. My God. Uh, so that is like just wow. to show you the scale of how many new financial instruments are appearing so um i think in the future it's similar to how internet was uh, evolving so you know in in the beginning you only had a few websites out there and, and people knew them all by heart in a sense but yeah. then you have you know this explosion uh, of new different <laughs> things and you need to keep track of them you need to find them you need to evaluate them and that's uh, that's what zero and helping you to do so um we help you to keep track of your DeFi portfolio we help you discover all new assets and we help you execute the trades uh, at the lowest rates possible. So yeah, that's uh, that's the core premise of Zerian. 
So Yevgeny, I want to I want to hear from you how you would explain Zerion to somebody who you know knows about Bitcoin. Maybe they've heard of Ethereum, maybe not, but they are they, and they understand that there's this weird, crazy thing called crypto. How would you explain Zerion to somebody like this with this sort of understanding? And so I think what I'm asking is like for people that are looking for like legacy mental models to map onto, yeah. how would they understand Zerion? And then maybe after you're done explaining that to them, how would you explain the the features of Zerion that Zerion has that they would never be able to find in the legacy world, yet they could probably still resonate with? Yeah, I think the, the closest to in, in the traditional world is, I think many people use this analogy, something like Robinhood. Uh, so looking at Zerion's, it's an asset management tool. It's an investing app. Uh, so you can find any asset, you can click to buy it. And we were actually, were inspired in many like UI decisions and UX decisions by Robinhood and other um, investment uh, investment apps. So essentially, I think this is the closest uh, as an analogy as it gets. Um, in terms of like how, what are the features that Zerion has? I think the biggest one is this, you know, it's the whole narrative of Web3, how you have, um, an address that you plug in and you instantly get all the data kind of it, it comes with this address right away so you don't have to start it over again you don't have to deposit money again so uh, this gives you a whole lot of freedom and the people who are complaining about the ux of crypto they just haven't tried it fully so you, they haven't really used it much so once you get to to use MetaMask on a daily basis, you you get to you know understand how frustrating it is to sign up every time and like connect your credit card and connect your you know fill out the details of your account and everything. So I think this is the biggest benefit, and uh, just us as a company, we we're taking a lot of advantage of, off of that because we can get a bunch of information just from the blockchain, and users are getting this amazing user experience right away and uh, all the assets they're all public on on chain all the transactions are still there so uh, you don't need to build out this uh the, your relationship with the user and your journey with the user is actually much much shorter so you can start quickly and start helping them quickly uh and this gives and for the users as well this is beneficial because uh, they can you know if, if the ux really sucks they can just switch um and uh, i think this keeps us even though it's like a lot of competition it's, and it's harder to um, make money off of that and like be rent seeking. But I think that's a good thing overall and crypto will win because of that. You know, another analogy I like, uh, Evgeny, is like the early internet type of analogy that uh, you talked about in the early internet. There were just a few websites to keep track of. Now, like in crypto, there's DeFi, there's all of these different money protocols to keep track of. Zerion is almost like a, a Netscape navigator, I feel like, right? So you kind of, all you have to do is completely non-custodial. Right, so all you have to do is bring your ETH address, whether that's on a, a hardware wallet or whatever wallet you have in MetaMask, whatever you have, and then you just plug it in, and then the world of DeFi kind of opens up to you. You get a bird's eye glance of all of the assets inside of your portfolio. You, you have the ability to interact with these various uh, DeFi protocols and money Legos. Do you what, what do you think of that analogy? Right, so like Netscape really helped to mainstream the um, the chaos and the navigation of the early internet, right? And so a user interface like Zerion is kind of helping to, to mainstream this internet of money that is DeFi. Uh, I really like that analogy, um, but I still, I would probably say that Panamask is this Netscape browser uh, as a better analogy at this moment. So 
um, for for ourselves, of course, we're currently non-custodial. But for for the new users, where like we think that at some point we'll roll out the support of the wallet itself, so people will be able to create a wallet on Zerian, and uh, hence they can explore other interfaces outside of the of Zerian eventually. So um, I, I really hope that Zerian turns out to be you know Chrome browser rather than Netscape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think that's it's a great analogy. We've been thinking about that for a while. Uh, you know the the DAP browser idea did not materialize which is in a, a bit sad i would say but kind of expected um and i think Wait, it's, what it's do you mean by the dap browser what was that uh so with the dap browsers you know how uh, on mobile phones all the wallets they were trying to push this like ah. the app browser uh thing inside their wallet but it like the usage is really low and it's much harder to kind of um to trust the websites and and everything that's why actually we with the Zerian app now, it acts like a DAP, like a native DAP, rather than um, a website inside of DAP browser, if that makes sense. It so does, yeah. I don't yeah. know if people are familiar with the DAP browsers that you're talking about, but like I get the picture of like, uh, I remember in, in 2017, like the state of the art was something like the Coinbase wallet on mobile. Yeah. And it was fashioned very much after like an app store type very model, right? Very skeuomorphic to like um, what came before, which was an app store. So it would have like yeah. little tiles that you would, and it wasn't very crypto native. It wasn't very user friendly. You couldn't do a lot with it. Right, exactly. And uh, I think later on, Apple also went after these types of browsers. So they pretty much kicked everyone out. Um, if you were trying to replicate some sort of app store functionality <laughs> within your uh, app. so. I, I think on iOS, it resulted in all of the wallets deleting their DAP browsers, which essentially means that your crypto is locked and you cannot do much uh, with your crypto if you have a mobile wallet. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's uh, like one of the reasons why we wanted to have this wallet connect connection to all the wallets natively on mobile. So you can actually start doing more things with your money, uh, even if they're on, on your mobile phone. So I want to get into some of these questions that we're getting in from the YouTube. And the first question I, I, I think is a good question to start with is, uh, we are curious as to how Zerion monetizes. How do, you, how do you guys actually fund the business? Do you take transaction fees on actions executed by Zerion? That's a, that's a good question. Um, we get it quite, quite a lot. Uh, so at the moment, Zerion does not earn pretty much anything. Um, I would say that. So... Um, for full transparency, the only thing that we're currently um, making is the referral fees by one inch. So whenever we post the trade to one inch, they share some of the revenue that they generate from the uh, transaction. And they share, I think, about 27% of the um, positive slippage that they take. So this is not something that we really like um, wanted and envisioned as a long-term business model, but this is just something that happens. And we, only, we, we didn't make too much out, out of that. The, the largest, I mean, the, the only way we're funded is the, by the VC money at this point. So we took um, money from placeholder as our lead investor uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, yeah, we're still running off of that money. What are the possible models uh, for you into the future? Have you given any thought to that? And of course, the topic, if it hasn't been asked in YouTube, it's about to be asked about like the potential <laughs> for a token as a consideration oh, yeah. in that. Um, <laughs> What are the possible models? What have you guys battered around? Uh, is the idea of some sort of a token appealing to you or not yet? Yeah, so starting with the models that we'll start experimenting um, as soon as like you one of this year um, is actually taking the transaction fees, but we wanna be 
uh, we don't want to be rent seeking, as I said before, because it doesn't make sense. So users would just, you know, leave us if we're trying to be, uh, you know, squeeze the fees uh, into everything. <laughs> so what we, we will be doing the fees only on the things where it makes sense when we're actually helping the user. So uh, imagine you're trying to buy like uh, a, a Y earn strategy that is like, it takes you like you would need otherwise to make about like three to four transactions in order to execute that uh, or you would get um, a lower rate or you'd need to manually go to some other aggregators to find the best rate first to exchange and then only to deposit into the strategy so stuff like that where we are simplifying uh, the experience and making you uh, your life easier then i think it's justifiable it's justifiable that we take the fee so this is something that we we have in mind for the short term I think in the longer run, um, yeah, we can talk about the token. So uh, we're definitely not anti-token. Uh, we, we like the ideas of tokens and we think that pretty much any company um, in the crypto space is going to have a token at some point or like uh, die in a sense. Because um, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because this is just a new way of uh, doing equity, I would say. Um, and uh I think it's inevitable that uh, this is just a better instrument to do equity and uh, it makes perfect sense for us. It, it's better to reward users using that uh, and it's much more flexible and you can be, you know, uh, as crazy uh, in terms of imp actual implementation and the model itself. Um, we first, we will never do the, the token just for the sake of the token. So this is like definitely not our plan. Um, and uh, the airdrop, like people are going crazy on Twitter asking about the airdrop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are considering that. So I'll just say that. So keep using Zerion if you want to be part of an airdrop. Wow. But I don't, I, I'm not making any promises here. Of course, of course. <laughs> let's, let's say that. So uh, Evgeny, a token has, can do almost anything because that's the power of Ethereum. And that's the power of tokens. Yet we've seen tokens... Um, be tools to achieve the decentralization of some aspects of a project, right? It's a way to yeah. turn governance over from a centralized team to the hand of the token holders, right? What things about the Zerion platform do you think you could hand over control to a set of token holders? Have you guys thought about this? Yeah, so this is the biggest challenge, I would say. So we are not a typical DeFi protocol company. So uh, if we're taking Compound or like Maker, this is pretty much all of their business is on chain. So it's much easier to, you know, just um, decentralize the governance over that stream of money uh, and uh, have it all worked uh, out by the and controlled by the token. So with our case, most of the value is actually not on, on chain. So we only have pretty much a small portion at this point uh, on chain. And most of the things are happening either on the front end or on like, or the data that is streamed on the back from the back end. So this is the biggest challenge that we see. And um, for, I think there are not many examples at this point when companies like ours were able to introduce a token that was um, like representing the core por portion of the business. And um, I think we're gonna continue to work on that. So I think the easiest way for us is uh, to decentralize governance over the DeFi SDK. So DeFi SDK is becoming a more and more important piece of the Zerian stack. So um, essentially pretty much any balance that you see um, on the protocol is fetched through the DeFi SDK. So this this is what we call read adapters. Uh, and uh, yeah, just for the ones who don't know about the DeFi SDK, let me just uh, take a step back here. So the DeFi SDK is the smart contract layer that we've built uh, that allows you to first fetch all the balances from across different DeFi protocols, as well as execute 
or multiple different actions across different protocols. And whatever is the only thing that is needed for the DeFi SDK to work with a new protocol is this adapter. Uh, and uh, it can be built by either us, and we have we'll built most of the adapters, I would say, um, by this point. But we're starting to get more and more protocols building the adapters themselves. And uh, thank you guys for, for doing that, if, if anyone is listening from the protocol side. So this is really help, helping us because we just, you know, we we look at the pull request and we click um, to push it. And now we have this new support for the uh, new protocol that we, have, we haven't really even researched. So essentially this allows us to mix and match all the different transactions through the same smart contract layer. And we are already routing the one inch trades through the DeFi SDK and we'll add um, Uniswap trades and Sushi trades through that layer too. So that means that pretty much any transaction that is uh, involving the trade on Zerion will go through this layer and will be as cheap as going through the native smart contracts. So that is like the, the big benefit. Um, and uh, we'll continue to do, to kind of unify the interaction layer through the DeFi SDK uh, on Zerion, which will allow us to essentially see all the transactions that are generated by the Zerion UI and hence uh, understand how we can distribute the governance over the adapters within the DeFi SDK and the fees that if we potentially take them on the DeFi SDK level. So that is uh, like the simplest path uh, to token that we see at the moment. Um, but we're actually, I think we're just lacking the tools at the moment in terms of the decentralizing control over GitHub, for, for instance. Mm -hmm. So that would be, of course, ideal, but it's, it's not, we're definitely not there yet. So imagine having a token token holder is controlling what kind of code is running on the backend, and this would be amazing. Uh, so if we if if we can have like the team that is rewarded by the token holders in a sense, uh, and like just shares part of the profit goes to the team that maintains the backend system that allows you to find the best um, trade. So yeah, all of that is just the distant future that um, is a bit hard to envision right now. I think, uh, but it's uh, it's going to be there at some point. So you were talking about the the DeFi SDK, and um, this might be my naiveness about um, technical uh, level details, but we have a question from the YouTube about uh, whether or not Zerion uses uh, the graph uh, in in mm. uh, the, the the protocol. Does what you were talking about about querying data using the uh, the DeFi SDK? Again, this might be naive, but does, does that have to do with something similar to the graph? And do you guys use the graph in your backend? We so we uh, that's a good question first of all uh, and uh, we currently do not use the graph and uh, we have we have built the system which is pretty much similar to what the graph has but it's more tailored towards the DeFi use case um, so the graph is kind of like the the one backend trying to fit it all um, so they allow you to essentially extract logs from different uh, smart contracts and you can build the backend based on the graph and query the data using the graph but um, stuff like cross-associating between protocols and building your own things on top of the graph is becoming harder. So it's essentially a lot of customization needed in order to create an interface like Zerion. So we have, uh, so we we actually started the Zerion um, back in the infrastructure long long before the graph was um, published or like um, public. Uh, so that means that you know we have built pretty much the same or sometimes even more than the graph has allowing us to do a lot of stuff that other interfaces cannot do 
this this middleware piece is like absolutely necessary for the kind of stuff that you're doing. Are there other, so you've got the graph, you've got your DeFi SDKs. Are there other kind of middleware layers um, out there that are, I don't know if competing is the right word, but like, um, yeah, what, what's the, what's the, what's the middleware layer look like for somebody who's trying to build something on DeFi right now? Um, there are actually not many. Um, so DeFi SDK is, is the smart contract solution to that, but DeFi SDK is not, um, does not fully solve the problem because it only allows you to fetch, let's say balances on, you know, stake balances or deposits in multiple protocols. But uh, there are a lot of things like, you know, asset prices uh, or historical portfolio performance. So stuff like that and matching that with pricing is, is more complicated. I think uh, in, in a way, Dune Analytics is similar. Uh, so they allow you to query a bunch of data and like use SQL to extract whatever data you, you want. But it's definitely not real time, as you, as you probably know. Um, so I think at the moment, there are not many alternatives to what we have as an API. Um, Probably, I think the closest one, uh, Alchemy has some form of an API for like querying balances, but it's definitely not as DeFi focused as what we have. I want some people who maybe are less technical, maybe zoned out a little bit when we were talking about APIs and SDKs, that sort of thing. I, I want you guys to realize how important what um, like SDKs and these APIs actually are, because this is the type of stuff that got built out during the last two years of the bull market that essentially bear needed market. to be built out, bear, bear market, excuse me, um, that needed to be built out in order to enable something like Zerion today. And now it's built and other apps can essentially use that same scaffolding. Like we have some of the highways in place that we didn't have back in 2017, 2018. So it's got to make building a lot faster this cycle. And I think like, it, well, I, I'd actually like your thoughts on that. Um, so Andre from YFI recently put out a post saying like uh, some, I forget the title is like billing DeFi sucks, right? Part two or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. um, what, What's your experience building in DeFi? Does it suck? <laughs> um, I would say no. <laughs> um, I think I think the biggest reason is that we don't have a token. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he he in his post he is complaining quite a lot about the token, specifically of how token came into his life and uh, pretty much made a big mess there. And this is like a one worry that we have about the token, of course, uh, is that this does slow down the process. So in, in when, when you're the sole decision maker in, in the whole thing, it's, uh, allow, it's allowing you to move much faster. Uh, and that's why like, you know, building does not suck <laughs> um, because you're only making whatever you like uh, in a sense. But uh, over a long time, of course, it's better to have multiple people who are responsible for the decision and uh, involved in decision making. So I think it's, it's kind of natural um, that he's saying that. Um, yeah, uh, our experience, I think, uh, fundraising in my, in my experience sucks, but uh, everything about building is great. Yeah, Jenny, I, I was curious how Zerion measures its um, growth and its success, right? So you might look at a DeFi protocol like Uniswap and measure it by trading volume, right? That's something Aiden mm -hmm. Adams puts out quite frequently. You might look at something like, like Maker and Compound and measure total locked value, assets under management, that sort of thing. Yeah. For Zerion, is it number of users? Is it number of wallets? Like a wallet being like almost like a, a DeFi bank account? Is it 
assets inside of the platform? How do you measure growth and success and how, what has the trajectory been like? Yeah, uh, so we actually use multiple different metrics and KPIs that we find important. I think the, the one that is the easiest to track is the number of users. Um, and that we measure by how many people connected their wallets. So we, we identify the user as someone who connected at least one wallet to the Zerian UI. Uh, and uh, that the trajectory of that metric is uh, almost parabolic, I would say. Uh, obviously, like over the summer, we had a bunch of new people coming into the DeFi with the yield farming craze and they needed tools to watch their portfolios. Now it, it is another bull market and it's more the crypto side, less of on the DeFi side, but at the same time, people are now discovering all these new different assets. So they are, you know, sharing zero links to different assets, just like they would use, you know, CoinGecko or CoinMarketCap. But this time they can start buying them right away from the same experience. So you see the price performance and you can buy it right away. So I think this is helping us quite a bit in terms of uh, funneling the traffic into the product. Um, and uh, yeah, in uh, like in December, we had over 50, 3,000 people using us uh, across three platforms. So we find that, and this is probably uh, like a very uh, underestimation uh, in terms of the number because a lot of people use ad blockers and stuff. Uh, mm. So we don't know the actual number. Uh, and it's uh, by looking at the, comparing the on-chain volume with actual analytics that we have, we see that the discrepancy is up to 50%. So it might be that, you know, it's, it's the number is much, much bigger than that. Uh, but overall, yeah, we're pretty happy with this growth in terms of the users, and we're hopeful that in the next year it's going to you know, continue to be the case. Um, but other metrics that are more interesting in, in our view is the market share that we started to measure recently. And uh, we do that by looking at the on-chain data. So, we, um, so with each protocol, all the data is public, which is great. So you can start looking at how many users interacted with a particular protocol and uh, how many of these users were using Zero in, in a given month. So say we, we identify users, and by users, I mean wallets in this case. So wallets that interacted, say, with four different protocols in a given month. And among these users, we have over 40%. So we, we call them you know, uh, Power DeFi users. Uh, and uh, these are like among Power DeFi users, about 40% use Zero in uh, every month. So wow. that is uh, like one metric that we look at. We also look at, we call them active DeFi users uh, who use at least two protocols. And uh, among these, we have over 20 something. I don't remember the exact number. Um, yeah, percent. So that is what we look at. And of course, the transaction volume is kind of like the recent thing we started looking at since the release of the trading, the full trading experience um, in the late September. Um, but yeah, that, that's the three things that we're keeping our, our eyes on. So Yevgeny, um, we have, we have crypto banks like Coinbase where like, that's kind of where people get started when they are trying to like get into the world of crypto and they want to keep that familiarity. It's like, oh yeah, I know how to operate Coinbase. It kind of works like my Wells Fargo. And I think that's using crypto in like the 2D sense, right? Like the relatively unimaginative sense. And I think like Zerion is like a new sort of like crypto bank account, crypto bank in the 3D sense, in the sense that like you actually have the ability to load up your bank account into the, like the Zerion portal, right? Into the Zerion interface. Yeah. But in that same model, like, you know, crypto banks and actual you know, normal bank banks and also like legacy brokers, 
they have leverage when they have more people using their product, right? If they have more capital flowing through Wells Fargo, uh, flowing through TradingView, uh, flowing through like whatever, uh, Charles Schwab, they have more leverage, they can get better like market prices. What does that model exist as well with Zerion? When more people use Zerion, are you guys able to like advocate for your users for better rates or like what, what are you able to do uh, in a more advantageous fashion when more people use Zerion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this model is pretty much the same. So uh, I, I'm hopeful that in, in DeFi, we're going to have something more smart um, in terms of the business models. But I think the exact concept applies. So looking at uh, OneInch, for instance, they are already doing that. So whenever you get a quote, you sometimes get a quote from private market maker, uh, as they call it. So essentially, that is something that only they were able to, to get for their users because these private market makers are... Um, providing these quotes only for one-inch users and especially for like bigger chunks and bigger bigger trades. And a similar thing happens with, with Zerion. So as we get more and more um, trading volume, we would be able to secure the deals with market makers uh, in this space and provide better quotes. And um, yeah, I, th I think this is like the most straightforward um, path to, to getting like more value out of um, more usage. Uh, but at the same time, I think as, as we as we enter the era of L2s, we're going to have even more trading volume and uh, L2s are in a sense more separated than the, the shared liquidity in the L2 of Ethereum. So then I think that will be even more uh, of, of a thing. So being able to actually having all these users on your platform and trading will have a direct impact on what kind of uh, quotes and trades they're getting. Uh, on the specific layer two solutions. So that is a bit unfortunate uh, that we cannot really share all of the, all the liquidity, uh, but I think um, overall we'll, we'll figure something out and something probably more interesting than just commissions and fees will arise as the business model. Okay, um, we are going to be back for this Bankless Community and AMA in just a minute. But first we want to tell you about our fantastic sponsors who made this possible. Synthetics is Ethereum's decentralized derivatives liquidity protocol. What does that mean? Synthetics is a platform for creating and trading synthetic assets, which are assets that are priced via an oracle rather than bids or asks. Traders can use the Quenta exchange, which hosts and trades all of the synthetic assets created by Synthetics. Traders on Quenta can trade synthetic tokens like SBTC, SOIL, or SDFI. Because Quenta is powered by synthetics, traders experience zero slippage on their trades. No, I didn't mean low slippage, I meant no slippage, because that is the power of the synthetics platform. No slippage on your trades. You can also easily short assets with iSynths, which are synthetic assets that move inversely to their target asset. Synthetics isn't just for traders, developers can build on synthetics to access the infinite liquidity offered by synthetic assets, or investors can stake collateral to the protocol and earn fees that the protocol collects. If you're a trader and you're looking for a trading platform not found in the legacy world, check out quenta.io. If you're a developer or you just want to earn yield on your collateral, go to www.synthetics.io where you can stake your SNX or ETH and earn fees from Synthetics. If you want to live a bankless life, you need to get a Monolith DeFi Visa card. 
Monolith is a one-two punch of both an Ethereum smart contract wallet and an accompanying Visa card that lets you spend the money that you have in your Ethereum wallet everywhere where Visa is accepted. When you swipe your Monolith Visa card at the grocery store or at a restaurant, it actually makes a transaction on the Ethereum blockchain that spends some of the money you hold in your Monolith wallet. It's insanely cool and it's one of the best tools out there for living a bankless but still normal life. Monolith also offers on-ramp services for getting your fiat money into the world of DeFi. So it's trivial to top up your Monolith card if you ever need to, and your deposited money goes straight into your non-custodial wallet, so your money is never held by a centralized intermediary. Because Monolith is native Ethereum infrastructure, the money you hold in your Monolith wallet still has the power of DeFi behind it. Swapping assets on Uniswap or earning yield in DeFi is at your fingertips. Go to Monolith dot xyz and sign up to get your monolith visa card today guys we are back with this community ama we have yevgeny from zirion and we are talking all about the zirion platform and what it can do so just before our sponsor break you were talking a little bit about uh layer two and i think that's top of mind for bankless users right now and DeFi users in general, because gas fees are too damn high right now. It's it's very hard to get our transactions out um, and it's expensive to do so. Um, but Ethereum is developing this whole layer two world that you alluded to. Can you paint a picture of what that world might look like and how Zerion might be involved as sort of a, an aggregator across these layer two chains? Yeah, for sure. And speaking of the gas prices, by the way, I think that that really helps the Ethereum price go go up because whenever people are trying to sell, it's, it's too too much uh, gas needs to pay. <laughs> yeah, <for> exactly. <laughs> not selling. Exactly. <laughs> so we gotta keep that for a while. Um, so with with L2s, yeah. Uh, being serious here so with with l2s um i think this is the first i want to describe the experience and how that might i think the good analogy is uh, iMessage. i don't know if you've tried that um, but um essentially whenever you make you, you send an sms you get this green bubble and it takes a pretty long time to to deliver while with iMessage, you instantly instantly click and it sends right away uh, so i think that is going to be like that's how it's going to feel with l2 uh, and all the transactions, because all of the people in the crypto space, they kind of got get used to the fact that your your transaction is, you know, taking you know 15 seconds or so uh, to mine, sometimes a bit more. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is this is fine, but sometimes gets frustrated when you're trying to actually execute on on a really important trade. So over a long time, I think most of the trading volume, uh, pretty much all of it, uh, will be concentrated on the L2 solutions. And they're at the moment they're probably over six different L2 um, different approaches uh, that exist in the Ethereum space. And um, yeah. yeah and so, so that's the part we're worried about, right? So I think we see the promised land of an L2 where transactions are fast and cheap, but we're worried about it breaking composability, breaking all the money legos that we developed on the main chain. Yeah. So uh, as I was saying, so essentially we've been just speaking with uh, quite a few teams, and I think the general consensus among them that over a long time, uh, it's going to be possible that all these L2 solutions will be interoperable, or at least some of the most important ones will be interoperable. 
and uh, will have the same bright uh, future for the for the DeFi space. So you don't have to, and in a way, they're all going to be interoperable by the fact that you can withdraw from the layer two and deposit into some other layer two. So this is like one step, um, but it will probably be you know slow and not so efficient. And I think over time, with potentially the help of aggregators like Zerian, you'll be able to instantly move from one layer two to the other without actually need, the need to move back to the layer one. So I think this is the place where aggregators will play a good, like a big role. And same goes to existing trading experience on layer one, just like one inch is better than just going uh, on a single DEX. So you imagine a world where just as Zerion has aggregated all of these different DeFi protocols on Ethereum, you're also aggregating all of these layer twos. Yeah, so we're only starting starting on this journey. So you probably have heard that layer two are only spinning up, and like there there are a few announcements planned for this year. And we're gonna see. I think that this year is going to be the year of L twos. And we're the first thing that we're gonna start with is just supporting the balances across these different layer two solutions uh, and among the most popular ones. And then as this ecosystem develops, we'll start adding actual trading functionality to the to allow zero users to exploit like you take advantage of the lower fees um, on the l2 solutions well i was told that this is going to be the year of lightning so that's going to be an interesting take to, to see what happens all right so Yevgeny, we got we have a number of uh, quick questions i want to burn through out of the uh, out of the youtube channel um first is i would like to ask about the graphing system that you have on the site are there plans to integrate charting tools like trading view Oh, uh, we actually, I don't think we have considered that really. Um, we, we did think about it for a bit, but we really didn't take, take this seriously. I think the, be the best way to proceed with that is to publish that on roadmap.zero.io and try to get the supporters to upvote that. So um, if, if you do, we're happy to integrate that as well. So we just so far haven't seen too much of a demand for this, mm -hmm. but I don't think it, it is something unfeasible. Okay, and then we have two questions about integrations. When will pool together be integrated into the Zerion UI? And then also somebody's asking about uh, Celsius, Celsius network staked assets also viewable through the Zerion dashboard. <laughs> um, so on the pool together, we do track balances uh, as far as I understand. We don't support the actual, uh, like the lottery functionality, uh, but Honestly, like, uh, I think the answer is the same. So if you want to get something uh, integrated, it's either if you are a Solidity developer yourself, you can build an adapter for that. And uh, that that is the, the easiest path for us to integrate. Otherwise, um, we just didn't see too much of a demand and pull together UI is great for their use case. And it's less of a you know financial one, I would say. Okay, so that kind of leads into this question. How do you guys decide which protocols to integrate and with so many new ones being built? Yeah, so we, we are looking at quite a lot on the, as I said, the roadmap that during the AO. People are super helpful. The Zeroin community is very active and uh, our users are constantly just telling us what protocols we should be focusing and paying attention to. Uh, so this is, I think, the, the most straightforward way we do that. Otherwise, we, of course, do our own research. So whenever we see something cool happening and whenever we feel like this is something we should worth supporting within the UI as fast as possible, we try to get it done quickly. Um, yeah, uh, and so far there is no, I, I think we're trying to get as many things as possible. So it's not that we're being discriminative in any form. 
uh, it's uh, yeah but at some point i hope uh, that most of the things will go through the DeFi sdk route so, so people and protocols they will integrate things themselves uh, and we wouldn't even need to worry about that um yeah so one question I have that, and this is, seems to be a pretty big problem in the in the in the space as a whole, is because there's there seems to be one, uh, a, a difficulty finding a single source of truth, especially with regards to crypto prices, right? Um, so if I load up my wallet into Zerion, and then if I load up my wallet into Zapper, and then if I also look at my wallet on EtherScan or any other like platform, it'll tell it'll give me some sort of like you know one to two percent discrepancy on the price of these things. And so I would imagine yeah. that like accounting and getting prices uh, accurate is a really difficult task. Can you talk about like the difficulty behind uh, behind that uh, achieving that goal and and what you guys are working on to refine that? Yeah, for sure. And this is actually the, the biggest problem that we're trying to solve. So uh, and being presenting the accurate portfolio is it seems like an easy task uh, because all the data is on the blockchain, right? But uh, in fact, it's, it's not. Uh, I think that the biggest challenge is the pricing, as you said. So uh, you can fetch pricing from multiple sources. Uh, there is, I think, one reliable source uh, that we, we think is great is CoinGecko. We use it for many different assets, but even CoinGecko sometimes does not track the prices of weird things um, that live on the blockchain. So for that, you have to use Uniswap sometimes, or sometimes these assets are not on Uniswap, so you have to use some other source. So essentially, this is the biggest uh, issue, and building something that would be able to keep track of all different price sources um, and aggregate across them and probably take volume into account so that is a, that is a challenge, and there's not not many companies are uh, were successful have successfully built something in in this area. Um, and second is just uh, understanding what kind of assets the um, wallet has. So because uh, because of the nature of blockchain, you cannot tell that a specific token belongs to a certain address. You need to first find this asset on the blockchain somewhere, and uh, on the blockchain, there are so many different assets and they appear um, every day. Uh, and uh, we, as an infrastructure, we, we use Uniswap as our source of finding new different tokens. So as soon as the someone pull, puts um, a Uniswap pool, uh, we decide that this asset is like a particular token that is worth tracking. So that, that's how we solve this issue. And I, I think this is the biggest issue, uh, the, the biggest discrepancy, where the biggest discrepancy comes from between us and Zapper because Dapper manually whitelists all the different tokens. Uh, and we try to find them automatically on the blockchain as soon as they appear on Uniswap. But this system is of course uh, not complete and we'll, we will need to track more um, sources and more contracts. And ideally we need to look into every smart contract that is deployed, understand that this is a token and then start fetching the price. So I, that is like the, the two biggest issues, I think, uh, in finding I, the balance. I will tell you, you guys have done a very good job. A hidden use case I discovered for Zerion uh, this year was figuring out how to, figuring out what I actually did in my DeFi transactions, right? In order to like calculate taxes, right? Like try to figure that out on Etherscan. Very difficult to understand what you actually did in a year if you're an active uh, DeFi user. But Zerion has this great sort of history where it kind of categorizes all of your transactions. You can look through and actually figure out what you did and even like click a button and export that to your tax software. 
So it's, it's yeah. stuff like that, that just makes DeFi using DeFi uh, much more user-friendly. It's like indispensable. I don't, I don't know if you envisioned that as a use case, but it's something that I kind of just discovered this year through using Zerion. Yeah, we actually, when we were designing the history um, page, we didn't think that it's going to have this much success uh, as it has <laughs> now. This is like, I think the feature that most of the people mentioned uh, when talking to um, you. Uh, yeah, so um, speaking of the history page, calculating taxes was, was one thing that, you know, the, the token tax suggested we do. And we did it in a very, you know, uh, but it turned out to be a big and useful feature. Uh, can you hear me? By the way, I think my connection is on. Uh, yeah, we, we can hear you. It's it's not it's not perfect. Your video is paused, but uh, so far the audio is good enough. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll have a follow up question to that, Zirion. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. Wait, <laughs> have um, oh, are we are we are we still assembling? Oh, <laughs> I think we're I think we're coming back slowly but surely. I'm gonna take a pause here. Uh, I can I can hear you. There we go. Okay, cool. Um, so, what uh, other than getting accurate pricing data, what is what are the other hard problems that you guys are trying to solve? Like, what else is like the you know the big obstacle that you guys are trying to overcome? Um, there are some, I would say, like challenges that are similar to the I think the early internet um, that are only starting to kind of um, present themselves at the moment. And this is like we we only had let's say 300 wallets and addresses using DeFi stuff by, by this moment, probably a bit more, maybe like 500,000. But this is a very small number. Uh, and the number of assets that we currently have, uh, it's still kind of small. So it's like in probably in tens of thousands of assets. But as we, as we grow, uh, we have this problem of, you know, in DeFi, there are gonna be way more assets than in the traditional finance. So on whatever you can find on NASDAQ is very limited. It's like maybe in thousands of uh, different real stocks that you find and trade on NASDAQ. But with DeFi, you're gonna have you know, millions and millions of them. And you will have you know, millions and millions of users, obviously, and probably billions at some point. Uh, so just being able to match and like map these, these things together and finding, as I said before, finding these new assets, understanding what their prices are, so this is this is a big hard challenge, uh, pretty algor algorithmical, I would say, um, and yeah, we would probably need a lot of servers uh, to do that. And have um, you have you even scratched the surface on the NFT assets, or is this all even just tokens <laughs> you're talking about? I'm I'm only talking about ERC twenties, uh, wow. and this is like one of the standards, right? Uh, we're gonna see more of different types of tokens, and NFT is another one, another big class that we haven't touched on yet uh, in, I mean, within the Zerian experience, but this is something that uh, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get to it um, because this is part of your portfolio and many things are worth quite a lot of money um, as we've seen recently. So well, digital, speaking digital of art is great. Speaking of being worth a lot of money, this is a question that's been, been asked on YouTube a couple times now. So we got to get to it before the end. I love Zerion. Can Zerion add Bitcoin values? Are you going to have this asset that is going up uh, Bitcoin on Zerion soon. Uh, do you mean like uh, act tracking Bitcoin wallets? Yeah, I think Bitcoin I, native Bitcoin wallets. Yeah, I think native Bitcoin wallets rather than WBTC or an ERC twenty mm. version of Bitcoin. That's the question. Uh, yeah, this is something that Zapper did uh, not so long ago. Um, so we we don't have plans yet. Uh, at like at this moment, we don't have 
clear path to implementing Bitcoin right away. But I think that is going to be the part of the Ethereum experience once we have the wallet integrated into like the Ethereum wallet uh, integrated in our apps. So as soon as you create a wallet on Ethereum, and this is something that we, we're working on, you'll be able to create a Bitcoin wallet as well and track the, the balance of it in the same UI. So that is something that we have in mind. So Yevgeny, when you're not focused on Zerion and you're tinkering around in DeFi, what, what are some of your favorite things to do? Like what other projects are you interested in and pay? what, what other things do you pay attention to? Uh, that, that's a good one. I, I thought you were going to ask me about my hobbies uh, outside of no, DeFi. No, we don't. You, you have hobbies outside of crypto? <laughs> yeah, we what? just didn't want to make that assumption. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let, let's talk about DeFi. Keep it simple. Um, so with, with DeFi, I think... The stuff I like, I think lately is the rebasing tokens. Uh, I think this is amazing. It's like, this is one of the concepts that was not possible with legacy finance, just like flash loans was like the first one. So now I kind of excited about the, the rebasing ones, and especially the ones that are not just Amplifors, like the ones that track a particular price, uh, like $1 uh, and, and have a target, fixed a target price. But the, the ones like, um, what is the base protocol? I think it's called. Uh, where it tracks the, the cryptocurrency market uh, capitalization uh, over time using rebasing mechanisms. I think this is this is something, uh, th there's something about it and something cool about it. Uh, and probably we're only like er very early in this process, but we'll probably see some more cool applications of that in the future. So I would imagine that that would be an extremely difficult thing to get tracked inside of Zerion. Was that a challenge to get that done? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's quite a few bugs <laughs> related to that because you know these rebalancing tokens they are not uh, like the they're not tracked in the same way. Uh, so we were giving users crazy like gazillion dollar value at some <laughs> point, and, and all the Twitter went crazy about it. But um, yeah, it's only been there for an hour. Sorry guys, uh, we made you feel super rich <laughs> for only an hour. <laughs> Evgeny, Such it's been fantastic having you on the Bankless AMA for all the listeners out there i want to remind you to like and subscribe if you like this video uh, yevgeny's face will get posted all over youtube more <laughs> so do that and also subscribe to the channel for future amas ryan do you have any last questions for yevgeny here no i think we're all set yevgeny thank you for building zerion it's an app that i use on the daily and you've made the lives of, of many bankless uh listeners um easier because we have that tool so thank you appreciate your work Thank you guys and uh, thanks for building this amazing community i think that that cannot go like we cannot build anything without the people who are using it absolutely, absolutely. and if you guys have not yet tried out zerion you can go to zerion.io and plug in your wallet it also has a mobile uh, app as well which is really useful not going to show it but it's on my phone um and it's also got a nice little widget so you can put the widget oh, into yeah. your your home base so you you don't have to actually like actually open up the app you it's just right right there in front of you and you can tell it'll tell you how much money you made or lost in the last day it's a, a really addictive thing to look at your phone for absolutely all right, Maybe guys. This is the only thing how I use Zero now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's more fun to look at this during a bull market. So download Zerion during the bull market. Yeah, delete it in the bear market. <laughs> don't delete it. Don't delete it. <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. Yeah, don't. Do it. Thanks bye a bye. lot. Thanks.